Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Roar for the first time hosting in, oh, I don't know, seven months, eight months. This is Nick Polak back here tonight with my co-host, Matt Filipovitz. Matt, how are we doing tonight? Nick, do you have an air fryer? I do have an air fryer. What are your thoughts on it? We've been using it a lot more often lately because it's not heating up the little apartment as much as the oven is. Mm -hmm. And I think I only air fry things from now on. I think that's my new personality trait. Yeah, it's a uh, first very original personality trait. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah, we. I'm a dude in my. Fry. I'm a dude in my twenties, and I like college football and air frying stuff. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Uh, we love the air fryer. We use it constantly. It's a very, uh, very helpful tool. It's like, I mean, honestly, the I think the biggest selling point for an air fryer is that it makes a way to like reheat fries tenable. Mm, okay, like, that's mine's an deal. all-in-one. It's an air fryer. It's a crock pot. It's a pressure oh. cooker. Um, it's the size of my like two of my heads, and I have a really big head. Um, we, we've had to move it uh, to an easier storage location, so I'm not having to like huck it up on my little step stool every time I want to put it away. So it's becoming <laughs> a much bigger part of my life than I expected. Goodness, I didn't realize they. I knew they made air fryers that were combination things. I didn't realize they made all that in one. This is great podcasting. Let's talk about Penn State football. Uh, Matt, we are here tonight to continue our preview series for the 2023 Penn State football season. And tonight, we are here to talk about the wide receivers. So before we get Should be an easy one. No questions here. Yeah, no questions at all. Before we get into what to expect this year, we're going to do a quick recap of last season. Uh, because it was an interesting year for the Penn State receivers. Um, just read off, I'll just rattle off the leaders from last year real quick for you. Parker Washington, uh, 46 receptions for 611 yards, only two touchdowns last year for Parker. Mitchell Tinsley, 51 receptions, 577 yards, and five touchdowns. Keandre Lambert Smith, 24 receptions, 389 yards, five touchdowns. Trey Wallace, 19 receptions, 362 yards, one touchdown. Um, and then Brenton Strange and Theo Johnson were both over 20 catches each and over 320 yards each with over four touchdowns each. So really good year for the tight ends in that regard. Um, and then other wide receivers with receptions last year were Amari Evans with five, Liam Clifford with eight, Malik Mega with three, Caden Saunders with two, and Jaden Dotton with two. So I think the first question here, Matt, is how much is this Penn State offense going to miss Mitchell Tinsley and Parker Washington? Uh, and Jaden Dutton. Um, I'll get back to that. Jaden Real quick, me. I am floored, Nick, because I also I also wrote down notes ahead of time, which never Ooh. happens for both of us to have this done. Um, so I'm, I had those numbers uh, available as well. Right. Um, I think it's going to be a guy always steps up, um, but this feels like a big deal. Like losing Parker Washington, I really thought they were going to get him back for another year. I don't know if the injury kind of sped up his timeline. I know he has family in the NFL. Maybe he had a better idea of, you know, what realistically that contract could look like depending on when he was drafted. But they're going to miss Parker Washington a lot. Like his production, his consistency, him being a great security blanket for Sean Clifford for a very long time. Like even as a true freshman, once Fryermuth got hurt, it was clearly, you know, try to get the ball to Jahan Dotson, but the safe route was always the Parker Washington route. So that's a guy I think they're really going to miss. And then Tinsley is like the first, you think it's fair to say he's the first offensive transfer to like really hit. Um, 
you could say it was Eric Wilson, but like Tinsley, I think definitely hit at a higher rate than Wilson did in 2021. Yeah, I I mean, and that's just partially by proxy of the positions they play. Right. But um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, we the good news about Tinsley is you knew he was a one year guy. You know, right. you, you knew you were going in, you're going into taking him as a transfer for one year. He was a very reliable target. He became that great second, third option for Sean Clifford. And I really like Keandre Lambert-Smith. I love that. I think it's like 53% of his production came in those final two games. I think that's a really good thing to build off of. Um, And if you remember, Parker Washington was out for those games. So the opportunity was there to produce. And for the first time in his career, really, Lambert-Smith answered the bell. And I I love to see that. But they're going to miss Washington. They're going to miss Tinsley. They have a lot of bites at the apple. But I don't love the fact that there's no sure thing out wide. Like there's a sure thing at tight end. There's a sure thing at running back. But there's not a sure thing out wide for Drew Aller or Bo Prabula or, you know, whoever, you know, takes a lot of snaps for Penn State at quarterback this fall. Yeah, it's it's I, I agree. I think it's it's not so much that they're going to not be able to replicate what those two gave them on the field last year because you know in the grand scheme it it's not like either of them blew the doors off when it comes to actual no. production on the field nobody was jahan yeah yeah there was no jahan dotson there was no kj hamler like there was no mm-hmm. like that's the dude kind of guy but i think the point that you brought up about parker washington being such a good security blanket is a really valid one because that's exactly what he is he's just so good at um getting open and he has such sure hands that he's such a just such a safe target like he's like you normally you think of like tight ends as being like safe target just because you know there's such big bodies it's easy for them to get open and kind of throw it up their way but that's what parker washington was like you could throw mm-hmm. him the ball pretty much in any scenario and you knew he had a pretty good chance of going up and getting it um so i he's like he's exactly the kind of player that i would have absolutely loved for drew aller to have by his side in his first year as a starter and it's uh like from a penn state perspective it's a bummer he's not back not at all knocking his decision to go like get your money when you can like get your money absolutely absolutely the right decision mm-hmm. for him if he thought it was the right time fully support that that's awesome for him glad he got paid um but yeah it's i think it's going to be a big a big loss for pencil like mitchell tinsley obviously was a great player i don't think what he did is as difficult to um replicate like i feel pretty confident in whoever between keandre lambert smith uh trey wallace dante cephas mario evans who ends up whoever ends up playing like that mitchell tinsley role i feel fine with them being able to replace him but yeah mm-hmm. losing parker washington stuff he was an yeah. awesome awesome netney line and um it's gonna be it's gonna be a little sad not to see him out there this fall he was one of my favorite receivers, like of all time. He's probably top five Penn State receiver for me. He was such a fluid athlete. Um, he's going to do great things for Doug Peterson and the Jaguars. I'm, you know, I- I'm telling all my friends uh, to draft Parker Washington, like late in their fantasy drafts, like especially in keeper leagues. He'll be a value guy. Yeah, you know, he's he's built to survive. He's built like a running back. Mm-hmm. Like he can take hits. He can break tackles. Like he's he's going to be around for the long haul. As long as he gets a chance, he's going to be mm-hmm. he's going to be around for a while. Um, He'll produce. So moving on to this year, then Matt, it seems like we have a pretty good idea of who the four guys are competing for three, you know, typically three starting receiver spots. We know Penn state mm-hmm. 
pulls out a bunch of different formations, but who are you expecting to see? Let's say the first set has three guys. Who are you expecting to see out there? Okay, so I, I want to make sure I caveat this. There's two no-doubt starters, Keandre Lambert-Smith and Harrison Trey Wallace. The third one, I think, against West Virginia, at least, is going to be Amari Evans. Hmm. I think that familiarity with the system, I think Cephas not getting in for spring, maybe put him behind the eight ball a little bit. But I think maybe after the bye, it'll be pretty even. So like starter won't really mean all that much. I think it could be pretty even by like game three already. But I think first snap against West Virginia, I think it's Keandre. If it's not 12 personnel, um, I think it's Keandre Lambert-Smith, Trey Wallace, and Amari Evans. I think Evans came on really strong. The converted quarterback who had to learn the position, I think he's being coached by Marcus Hagens, a very good tactician at that position. Uh, and I just think that those three guys give Drew Aller the best shot. I think Trey Wallace on the outside, Amari Evans on the outside, and KLS in the slot gives him options to push the ball downfield and opportunities to get playmakers the ball in space in those intermediate and short routes between his tight ends and between Keandre Lambert-Smith and the slot. So that's where I'm going to plant my flag for right now. I think it might just be in name only. I wouldn't be surprised if guys like Cephas, Liam Clifford, you know, Caden Saunders come up and take a lot of reps, but game one, those are my three. So let's take this opportunity to talk about Dante Cephas, actually, the uh, Kent State transfer. So Dante Cephas, um, you know, as most of you who have been listening to the podcast, following along, you know, he was really the name on top of Penn State's wide receiver transfer board pretty much from the moment the season ended. They eventually were able to seal the deal with him. And, you know, for good reason, 2021 Dante Cephas, uh, 82 receptions, 1,240 yards, nine touchdowns in 14 games that season. In 2022, only played nine games, still racked up 48 receptions, 744 yards, and three touchdowns. He was a first-team All-Max selection both years. Right now on the Go PSU, listed at six foot 187. Expected to, you know, as we've alluded to, at least fight for a starting spot, if not win one outright. But at the mm-hmm. very least, we expect him to be a significant part of the 2D for Penn State. It's interesting in that when we talk about who the starters are going to be, I, you know, we talked about this a bit when we did our hypothetical trade proposals. Penn State doesn't have the bona fide X receiver type guy. Harrison Wallace is probably going to be the one that fills that role i think he's the closest thing yeah Yeah. i think cephas could be that guy even though he's not quite as big as you would want from that position you know that Mm -hmm. like having the guy you can just throw it up to on the sidelines um and we know harrison wallace is an incredible athlete and he could probably make up for a little bit of the lack of height with his ability Mm -hmm. to just get up but I the interesting thing about the Penn State receivers room is they don't have that guy, but they have several guys who look like they can really fluidly swap around to any of those receiver spots, um, especially just bouncing between inside and outside. We know Keandre Lambert Smith can play inside and outside. Uh, we've seen Trey Wallace play a little bit of the slot. We've seen Amari Evans play a little bit of the slot. Cephas seems like he can do the same thing. We know, mm-hmm. um, as we'll talk about the backups in a bit, but we know Liam Clifford can do that same thing. We'll see what. Uh, we get from Caden Saunders this year and Malik McLean, but if it come, if you're asking me gun to my head, I think I agree that it's going to be Lambert Smith, Trey Wallace, and Amari Evans. Part of that is biased because I've been super high on Amari Evans since before last season. I love converted quarterbacks, especially when they play wide receiver. 
the, but the, the lack of production for a guy who burned his red shirt like blows my mind like only yep. five catches with i think multiple of them coming against ohio like i really do wonder if it was it they knew they needed a little bit of extra help they knew they were gonna lose tinsley they knew there was a shot they'd lose strange and parker and all that kind of fun stuff i wonder if that was just a year to get him comfortable with game reps ahead of his breakout like I can't name the last guy to, to burn a red shirt and then not really like produce like that. So I, I think the staff knows something that we just haven't seen yet. And that doesn't mean we can't see it early, but Evans is, uh, he's the most intriguing name in this room to me right now. Yeah. To me, I, I kind of see it as like a, you, you know, think most of his time, most of his time did come with Drew Aller on the field. Right. I mm-hmm. think it's, I think the staff was probably doing what they could to get Aller time with guys that he could feasibly throwing the ball to in the future. And I wonder if that played part of it, played into part of it. But sure you know, it the, the other thing is that Drew Aller has a massive arm and Amari Evans is probably the fastest receiver on the roster. Like he's yeah. probably the guy they're going to on deep balls, on pump and goes and you know stuff like that. We, that we know Penn state loves to run. So, I, I, it, it was a little odd. I agree to see him burn the red shirt and then only kind of use him. But at the same time, he's probably not somebody who's going to, I, I mean, I could, I would be, be happily proved yeah. wrong. Yeah. I would have, I would happily be proved wrong here, but he's probably not someone who's going to, you know, go for 900, a thousand yards in a season at any point, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, so even though you burn the red shirt, early i think you probably still feel pretty confident you're going to get three more seasons out of him so i think that Mm -hmm. plays a role in it as well um but yeah i i love the potential of what amari evans could be in this offense yeah i think he's again he's the most intriguing intriguing guy yeah for sure um you know matt what you know what else is intriguing no i don't i don't know i don't have the rundown in front of me i don't know what's next but i think i know the new items that Homefield released not too long ago that were had all these new Penn State designs on them. Have Those you seen were them? The, I have seen them. I own a few of them. I own the joggers. Um, it's been cold here lately. Like it's mm. been like high sixties, low seventies. Which listen, that's not cold at all. But for like <laughs> August, I was surprised by like how quickly it dropped because it was like nineties for like a week straight, and then it dropped down. And there was a little bit of of that fall Christmas in the air. Uh, so I'm excited for that to come back. It's going to warm back up, but I'm excited to wear my jockers from home field apparel. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, you know about, you know about home field player. Oh my goodness. Craig Fritz seems to have hopped Craig, in here for hello. a moment. Was I not supposed to? <laughs> no, not yet, but you're okay. You can listen to the home field ad. We're recording the, uh, another episode, but you're free to listen in for a second. Uh, we are, <laughs> This is great live podcasting right here. Uh, you know about out. you know about home field apparel. Um, they're the you know premium college apparel brand based in Indianapolis, where Big Ten dreams are made. At least for now, they are. At least for now, that might change with mm-hmm. the new you know whole conference realignment. Oh, bye, Craig. Um, but you you know you've seen the designs. You know what they do. You know how hard they work to find vintage designs that you know mean something to you and your school. They dig through the yearbooks. They do they do the heavy lifting that most apparel brands simply don't do. And you know you don't just have to buy Penn State stuff. We would prefer you do. They have great Penn State stuff. We would prefer you rock our school stuff. But you know they have over 150 schools to look from. Like you can get random shirts from 
Stony Brook and Toledo and UCLA, like whatever you want. Maybe Kent even, State dropping this week, home former home of Dante Cephas. There you go. Even, you know, new Big Ten members, Oregon and Washington. Washington stuff is actually very cool. I've seen a lot of that stuff. It's very awesome. Um, so if you are so inclined to join us in our journeys to ever improve our wardrobes, go ahead and visit homefieldapparel.com and you can get set up for the new for the new football season. If you order that stuff now, it should come in time. And we have a special deal for you because if you sign up with a new email account on the website and type in that code RLR23, all caps, all one word, we can get you 15% off of your first order. And there's no limitations on that. You could order 100 shirts if you want to. You're still getting 15% off. It's a great deal. Take advantage of it. Homefield have been uh, exceptional friends of the podcast, wonderful sponsors. We love working with them. So make sure you use that code RLR23 at checkout for 15% off of your very first order. Matthew. Nick, that was our most professional and at the same time, most chaotic ad read we've ever done. <laughs> that was the duality of man right there. I really loved every single second of it. Um, <laughs> let's talk backup receivers because, you know, we talked about this on the quarterback pod. Backup quarterbacks, always the most popular player on the roster. But I think backup receivers often, you know, promote the most intrigue because yeah. they're typically, you know, re- receivers in a class are typically the most athletic dudes you bring in because it's just, you know, you run such a gauntlet of the types of things that receivers can do in high school and college and beyond. But that's really just where like so many of the elite athletes funnel. And it's kind of just like a take him as a receiver figure out what he's going to be elsewhere. So you have guys like Amari Evans, who you you know played quarterback in high school, and now you just get him in college and say, ah, let's figure it out from there. So there's lots of times really interesting guys in that wide receiver depth chart, and this year is no exception to that. Are there any names that really stand out to you as guys you think are going to be you know on the two deep or on the three deep challenging for the two deep this year? Yeah, so there's three guys. So we'll come out, I think, to a total of, of seven receivers. So a true deep, a true two deep plus one, I think, are the realistic contributors at the position. So like I said, the starters are, right now for me, Lambert Smith, Trey Wallace, and Amari Evans, Dante Cephas, starter plus, we'll call it. The backups, I think the big three are going to be Liam Clifford, Sean's little brother, who I think showed a pretty good rapport with Drew Aller in that limited action we saw him in last year. I think he showed good hands. He set all kinds of records in Cincinnati high school football, which is good football. Um, I'm really intrigued what he can do in the slot. Similarly, slot guy, Caden Saunders. Mm. I really respect Caden Saunders for just being as honest as he was, for just saying, hey, listen, I got here as a true freshman. I got here early, and I was not ready. Like, that's big for a kid to understand. I did not get on the field, and it was probably mostly my fault. Like, that's that's big. Especially I, for somebody with the recruiting chops that he had. Yeah top like what 90 prospect like oh yeah for that kid to just say it listen i was not ready yet i think shows a lot of maturity and that's a kid i'm really rooting for like and i think we're gonna see caden saunders make some plays you know will he be the guy to moss a defensive back and catch a game-winning fade probably not that's not what he does but can he give them you know 30 catches i i don't think that's unrealistic i i think maybe he can be a guy who becomes a good security blanket for Drew Aller when guys need a breather. And then the last guy I want to call out, I think is a pretty big wild card, but I think he is the guy who's going to moss a defensive back. And for 
as much as I love, I like Mike Yurcich, I hate goal line fades, but he calls a lot of goal line fades. <laughs> and that's where I think Malik McLean comes in, the Florida State transfer. Six foot four, scored three touchdowns last year in the red zone mossing dudes. He's a big athletic football player. I think he's a guy who is built like no one else in this receiver room, aside from Malik Mega, who I think is still developing. Like he played in Canada for forever. It's going to take some time with him. So that's why I think these three guys are really intriguing. I think with Lambert Smith's position flexibility, you can get Clifford and Saunders a lot of reps in the slot while keeping probably your best receiver and Lambert Smith on the field. And then I just think Malik McLean gives you another option out wide against a smaller corner to go up and get it. And like, when's the last time, Nick, we had a go up and get it kind of guy, like of that build. Jahan was go up and get it kind of guy, but he was always a little bit smaller. Probably Jawan Johnson was the last one we had on this roster. I guess, but even then, like, you know, the Jawan Johnson highlight is the one-hander against Ohio State, but it wasn't mm-hmm. really like his... They didn't really put him in that many situations. Like for me, I'm still waiting for someone to do it the way that Allen Robinson did it. Not saying Mm -hmm. that there's going to be another Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson was a special, special talent, but they Mm -hmm. haven't had somebody fill the role quite in the style that A-Rob did. Yeah. And I think McLean can be that. You know, what does that, does that mean he caught 17 balls last year? Does that mean he matches that? Probably around there, I think is a fair expectation, but if he can go out there and if he can make that contested catch, I mean, the goal line fades aren't going away with Drew Aller. Like, you know, let's be honest. So they need guys to go up there and make those catches. And McLean, I think, is a front runner to fill that role. Yeah, I, I think the the analogy I come back to McLean is that I, it's kind of like Chop Robinson. Like they're bringing in mm-hmm. a player at a premier position that they know has a lot of talent and could have very easily stayed where they were. And, you know, done um, very well for themselves. But Mm -hmm. they're betting on, the staff is betting on their ability to coax even more out of them. Mm -hmm. I don't expect McLean to pop the way that Chop Robinson did, because Chop Robinson is one of the top defensive ends of football right now. Right. Um, But, and I'm not even sure I expect McLean to get to 17 receptions. You know, if, like, we we ran down the list of last year, we, there were only, let's see, one, two, three four four receivers who were 19 receptions or more and i think we're both in agreement that penn state's going to run the football more this year so i'm not Mm -hmm. sure if there's going to be as like you had caden saunders maybe at 30 i i definitely don't see that happening yeah Um, i should i sorry i should i shouldn't have gone i was thinking more like probably like 18 (laughs) like 13 to 18 probably is where i should fall um, but I very much agree. Like Malik McLean is a fascinating name on this roster because he is he and Malik Mega, like you mentioned, they are the guys that have that size to be true, true X receivers. We'll we'll see if we mm-hmm. get there. Um, mm-hmm. I know for me, like uh, I really enjoy watching Liam Clifford play football. He's not flashy. He finds but space, dude. It's wild how much that, that dude dude's just got to space. Hands. Yeah. yeah. I like he's going to be the type of guy that like he finishes his fourth year or fifth year, whatever it is. And all of a sudden someone's like, Hey, did you realize Liam Clifford didn't drop a ball while he was in college? Like something crazy like that. Like he's just, he's seemed like a really safe option. I don't know if he's going to do a whole lot statistically this year, but I would bet that the staff feels pretty comfortable in his ability to go out there and make plays for his quarterback. Um, But for me, it's, 
I, it's got to be Caden Saunders is the name to watch from this group. Just mm-hmm. all the talent in the world. Um, he's had, like you mentioned, he's he had that adjustment period, but he's had time to sit back and learn now. He's t- had time to digest the offense, get a feel for what it's like to be a college football player, learn how to juggle all that. I think he could be the true breakout of this group. Like, I think he could mm-hmm. very easily... Like, I like honestly, I could see any outcome from. I could see him be like the second leading uh, receiver on the team. Like, there's no outcome really? with him that would surprise me this year. He's just, I, I think he's the most purely talented receiver they have in the room. And I, you might be right. I love Amari Evans, and I have been huge on Keandre Lambert Smith from the second he got to campus. Like, he he was my Katron Allen before Katron Allen, um, but. Caden Saunders is he's just a different beast athletically he's he has so much speed he has a really really innate ability of understanding how to get open like I think he is going to be a really special football player for Penn State and it could happen as soon as this year mm-hmm. he's probably my favorite of this group if we're talking about sleepers how about you okay are you in the same vote boat with me where there's probably about a true two deep plus one I'd say that's fair I don't think like they don't really have the the pure like one to one backup across the board, but I think they have seven dudes who can just go out there and produce. And then in terms of my sleeper, if this isn't counted as a sleeper, Nick, let me know. But I'm really high on Trey Wallace. I'm really high on this guy. I think he the third year bump I've always said is real. I think for a former basketball player who's developed, who has found a way to get on the field, who has made big catches in big moments like that that ball that Clifford lofted to him against Michigan on like the last fun drive of that game was impressive route running and good catching. He had a yeah. nice catch on a slant in the Rose Bowl where he showed really strong hands to put him, I want to say at like the nine yard line. Yeah, I it was right before the, the of, uh, Tinsley touchdown. Yeah, I think he's the kind of guy who is going to thrive because attention is everywhere else. I think Lambert Smith's going to get a lot of attention. The running backs, the tight ends. I think he can kind of be the odd man out more often than not. And I think he can really produce it. He's my pick right now. I'll be honest to lead Penn state in receiving touchdowns from their receiver group because, you know, uh, Tinsley led it last year, but I think we could say Parker Washington was the number one receiver. Yeah. I think we can say KOS is going to be the number one receiver, but Trey Wallace might lead the team in touchdowns just by nature of where they're going to come from. So if he, if a starter counts as a sleeper, I'll, I'll take it. But I, I think that's a guy who's going to go out there and really produce and put together a good season. Yeah, I I think that I very much agree. I think he I think relative to what people are probably expecting from him, absolutely, he can be a sleeper because he like you said, he's got he, he very much seems like a guy who he hasn't necessarily like forced his way up the rotation early. But the kind of guy that once he's in the rotation, you're like, whoa, where's this been this whole time? Like, he he just seems like a dude that you just, you know, even if it maybe isn't all there exactly the way you'd like it to be at practice, he just seems like a dude that's going to be able to go make plays. Which is what you want. Like, you need yeah. playmakers in this offense because there's going to be the ability to grind out drives, to have those, I think, like 13 play drives. You need the guy who's going to set you up for two play drives. Like Mike Yurcich at his press conference at Media Day said the most important stat in football is is points per play. And with the new rules, there's fewer plays in a game. So you have to score more points in essentially fewer plays. And he's the kind of guy who's going to let you do that. 
Yeah, very much so. All in all, Matt, I think this is a really exciting receiver room for Penn State, even if it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have the established talent that you would love to, or the uh, established production that you would love mm-hmm. to see with a new quarterback such as Drew Aller. But I think we can both agree that we are sky high on the potential of this group for sure. All right, Nick, I'm going to, uh, real quick, I'm going to give you a rundown here. You ready? Okay, hit me. This, there are, at time of recording, uh, there are 14 teams in the Big Ten right now. I don't know if that's going to change. Is this a top 10 unit in the Big Ten, receiver-wise? Top uh, 10. I mean, yeah. Top 8. Uh, yeah. Top 6. Um, I feel like probably just you know, i mean the big 10 is not known for deep receiver cores like it's mm-hmm. I, I sure i would not go top okay. four okay so it's a top five unit in the big 10 receiving core wise that's awesome that's i mean what they might need. be six that's what um yeah they could be six um negligible at that point i think they're gonna produce like bill made a point in a podcast a couple months back that penn state has found ways to get unproven guys to produce like Deshaun Hamilton in 14, I think is the best example of this. Like, yeah, it feels like there's a lot of similarities between this team and that 2014 receiving core, which had was losing Allen Robinson and Brandon Mosby Felder um, and replaced them with Deshaun Hamilton, Geno Lewis, Chris Godwin, Saeed Blacknall uh, in 2014. So it feels like there's guys who are going to produce and are going to become names that, you know, even casual Penn State fans remember as like that guy made a couple of plays. I think that I think they could produce on a similar level as that. So you're saying this roster is ripe with remember some dude names once we get like 20 years out from here. Listen, remember some dudes, uh, I think would be a very successful podcast. And I would not be surprised (laughs) if there are some dudes for us to remember from this group. Remember some dudes where nothing happens. We just bounce names back and forth with no commentary about them whatsoever. Just, Hey, remember, remember, uh, uh, Derek Moy. And that's it. Just bounce back and forth. (laughs) All right, Matt, this has been great. Um, Really excited for the Penn State receivers this year. Uh, We will be back tomorrow with our tight end preview, so make sure you are on the lookout for that. In the meantime, please make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as well as if you can head on over to YouTube, give us a follow, subscribe, click the alert bell, all that good stuff. You can see our faces say these words. It's wonderful. It's a beautiful confluence of words and video you should really check it out Um, but if you have a chance also leave us a five-star review on apple greatly appreciated as well Uh, leave us a question on there we'll happily answer on the podcast especially as we get closer to the season i'm sure we'll have time to do some q a's Um, and make sure you stay tuned to your podcast feed for the uh tomorrow's preview with the tight ends and all the other previews that come after it because we still got to get through the whole defense too and that's going to be super fun to talk about So for myself, Nick Polak, for my co-host, Matt Filipovitz, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Go State. Thank you to Craig for joining as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're still recording. I know. It's in the process of stopping, or so it says.